You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole, you run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. Well, here we go. Here's Tomlin over here, obviously. Kobe Jones there, and Tomlin is essentially on the field here, and you just wonder, he's trying to get out of the way there, but did that force Jacoby Jones to lean back into the tackle by Cortez Allen? Like there was an ESPN report that your radio went out, your communication. That was That's always the case. Here? Yes. Well, you're saying that every time you play here, you have radio. I said problems. what I said. Like what exactly? What what exactly happened? You just didn't have any communication. We were listening it? to the Patriots radio broadcast for the majority of the first half on our headsets. We're gonna ring the bell today. That's what you guys been working for. I need sixty minutes. Sixty minutes of me. Sixty minutes. No business. No mercy. Nothing but stop on the bubble. You got me. We're gonna ring the bell. We're gonna ring that championship bell! Ding! Motherfucking dog! Ding! Motherfucking dong! What's up? It's the Malcolm Go Podcast on the 18th of January, 2017. That, uh, I want to say first before I introduce our guests, is that that was from Gump 10,000, all numbers, that... YouTube, that wonderful YouTube video um, of Mike Tomlin acting like a fool and calling the Patriots assholes, calling us bad names. I didn't like that. Um, and uh, basically, he just showed him what a hypocrite he really is. So with me is my favorite comedian and yours, Tyler Trainer. Hey, Tone. How's it going? What's up? And uh, also, uh, what's his Simi Valley's finest, Vince Johnston. Back from the dead. Back from Excited the dead. Excited to be back. Yeah, the Malcolm Go podcast is lit this week because later on in the, the show, we're going to have Old Balls himself, one of the leaders of Barstool Sports, Jerry Thornton, calling in. Very excited about it. Finally. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I'm, I'm, taking I'm, this, I'm really excited. We're I taking this wait. thing to the moon. I'm telling you because I respect Jerry in a way I don't respect any other sports writer. We'll get into it afterwards. Sports writer, sports talk guy. We'll talk to him about it. I'm very excited to talk to him because he's a, he's a hero of mine. I'll be honest. A hero. I respect him because he's like unlike any other football fan or Patriots fan. There's no one there's no one like him. No. He's he's a special breed, a brand. He's a he's a guy from the beginning that you don't see much often. Um, we so actually did extra prep, five extra pregame beers before this podcast. Well, I, we, I'm case. a little lit up here. I'm nervous, <laughs> ready to go. Uh, we canceled our, our uh, viewer email bit. We don't need it. Viewer. I would always say viewer. I mean listener uh, listener emails. Listener emails. Actually, we had one from Vince from Simi Valley that we got. Vince is constantly emailing. And uh, telling us how much we suck and how much more <laughs> airtime he deserves. I'm not. Surp- I wouldn't be surprised if all of those uh, emails came from Vince under different aliases. I wouldn't doubt it either. After <laughs> what we received, Bob, Bob from Cincinnati. That that was me. <laughs> uh, Steve from Yellowstone is one of my all-time favorites. Um, but <laughs> I was looking at. Uh, I, I'm, I'm 90% certain that that's what's happening on our iTunes uh, reviews. Is that everyone's just calling, going in under different names and giving it five stars. 
I heard there was a hack for podcasts that you could uh, you could just keep reviewing. You could keep hitting five stars and then like putting different names. Or I forget how you did it. Uh, you could. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should find out. How yeah, you exactly. do it. <laughs> I completely just like fucking made something up. Clearly, uh, we're not using that with exactly. our one point two star rating. Yeah, on it's not going <laughs> great. <laughs> you guys fucking suck. <laughs> All right. Um, we get it. Enough with the Patriots talk. That's what the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so I'm gonna put this in quotation marks, or in in uh, air quotes. The disappointing game versus the Texans. Um, uncharacteristic mistakes, especially in the playoffs from the Patriots this week. Um, didn't love the way they played. Yet again, they cover somehow. You never know how it's gonna, sh- you know, show up on on film. How the Patriots are gonna play, but. Usually in the playoffs, they're pretty well set up, and they, they, they play their game. They were able to basically dictate the Houston Texans' offense, but the de- uh, the Patriots' offense was out of sync, out of sorts. Yeah, well, I was half a bottle of scotch in because of the late start to the game, so I did bet the uh, them to cover, which I still can't figure out how it happened. I'm it was a backdoor cover. I yeah. mean, it was a great cover at the end there. They, they, they fucking... I don't know. The it didn't feel like an 18-point win. It the just second half was absolute dominance. Like they, yeah, it was. they, the offensive line showed up. They were the offensive line we saw all year. The defense, what they allowed three points in the second half. Yeah, but and they and the defense, I think the defense gave up. Uh, to be honest, really they gave up uh, six points the whole game because yeah. they gave up um, the offense and special teams is what caused the. Touchdown and three more points to happen. Yeah, 13 of the points came off of them, the Texans starting with the ball inside the 30. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so it was, right, yeah. Yeah, and they ended up with what, 16? People so still shit on the defense like they had a bad game. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The Patriots defense is peaking at the right time. The offense was slow this week, but again, I've been saying they're playing with fucking Patriots. Uh, they're playing basically the Patriots coaching staff. Old Patriot coaching staff, old Patriots players, they know how to play this offense. They know how to play the defense. They know everything about the team, inside out, how they work from top to bottom. They're going to throw some shit in there. That's why they had Jadavian Clowney playing over the center. Nobody saw it before, and that's why you know the first half was, was tough moving the ball, and then the second half, they, they adjusted. Brady didn't get touched in the second half. That was, uh, no. that was good to see. The pro- I mean, the problem here was, again, fucking turnovers. No turnovers in that game. You win by fucking 40. Yeah. I mean, I'd love McCoy. to hammer Deion uh, Lewis about it, but he had a, I know. you know, he made up for it on the other end. He had a Gale Sayers game, which has only happened one other time. It was uh, the only time ever in the playoffs. He has a kick return touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown in the same game. Only him, uh, known wife beater, Tyreek Hill, and Gale Sayers, who was good friends with Brian Piccolo, if you hadn't heard. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of problems with this game but you know nothing that couldn't be fixed or anything that couldn't be practiced or anything uh that could make it better because the team just didn't they played slow they they had they had to knock a little rust off and i think that they maybe didn't ignore the noise as much as they should have everyone thought they were going to blow them out or maybe that was just the fans because they ended up did you know doing their job and winning and it was just a tough game um i think the loss of malcolm mitchell actually hurt a lot in this game yeah, that Michael Floyd tip pick. I mean, that was a, a br- that wasn't the best pass, but if just it's, the uh, way it the was, ball gets tipped up like that, just yeah. perfectly to the D back in front of him, and the ball was out in front of it. You know, all he had two hands on it. At least knock it to the ground. I mean, your hands got to be strong enough to 
deflect it down or not fucking up behind you. I've never seen a fan base turn on Floyd like, <laughs> like <laughs> you did this week, from one week to another. <laughs> After Miami, I was ready to call him Randy Moss, and then that, now I hate his guts. I, he's worse than Cyrus Jones to me. You do not create a Tom Brady turnover in my fucking that's, watch. That, that's, what, that's what hurts. It's the, like, oh, that's another pick. It's, but they're Tom Brady's interceptions. Michael Floyd doesn't get recognized for him. I think that rule's horse shit. There, there should be a, that should a be judge fucking, that yeah. determines whether it was the quarterback's fault. Uh, interception off Michael Floyd. That's what it should be. That's what a fucking announcer in Gillette Stadium should be saying. Intercepted. Michael Floyd's fault. I mean, that was him. The, Brady threw the second interception. I'll give him that. He was tricked by Merciless and threw a tipped ball, and that got picked. The first one was on Floyd. I don't care what anyone says. People in the stands. I was arguing in the stands. I was kicking the gate. All right, so I'm on the, I'm on the stairway. You sit uh, on the aisle. Uh, yeah, so I sit on the aisle. So I, I like to go into the stairs and get crazy because sometimes people behind you, they, they say down in front. It doesn't reflect yeah. well on the, uh, the uh, Gillette Stadium fans, but sometimes they tell me down in front. I don't play that. Yeah. So I get Maybe hold a flag up yeah, in the aisle. Yeah, sometimes I hold a flag. The North, the North remembers. The North remembers flag. It's a good flag. I like to go out, and I, I got a little wild during this game because of the playoffs, and they weren't playing up to potential, and I, I couldn't, couldn't handle an upset. So when that <laughs> interception happened, I said, fucking Floyd, and I booted the gate, and the security had to come and just uh, chat with, have a chat with me. Calm you down a yeah, little exactly. bit. Yeah, exactly. They said, sir, it's just the first quarter. I said, listen, it's the first quarter to you. This yeah. is the fucking fourth quarter to me. They came up, and they're like, oh, oh, it's you. <laughs> they it's didn't you. know. It's the leader of this section. I've had a lot of problems with security. <laughs> not this season, but uh, not usually the Patriots. But I've had sec- the only other time I've had uh, security issues was in uh, Glendale, Arizona, when fucking Malcolm Butler makes the interception and security's fucking badgering me about a fight in the first 15 minutes of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Asking you questions about what happened. like you yeah. <laughs> Interrogating me like I started the fight. You know what this goddamn seat costs? Exactly. You're going you're gonna to inv- do an investigation now? It was an $800 ticket, probably fucking 20000 on the black market. And it's literally the play where Russell Wilson throws an interception <laughs> to Malcolm Butler and this guy's yapping. I could not... I couldn't have wanted to strangle someone more. He, that guy was literally when my brother told me that it was intercepted, and I barely saw it out of the, my peripheral vision and my left eye. I could, I, that guy almost went off the fucking fourth deck. <laughs> we were so high up in Arizona. I was like, I was so mad. I just wanted to grab him and fire him down into the end zone. I couldn't see him. I fucking, I wanted him to be intercepted by Malcolm Butler. I wanted to fucking reach the fifty yard line with him. I was so mad. Um, yeah, so back to it. Uh, the defense, they they played well. Offense was slow. Brady was under 50% passing. But again, I mean, they were fucking getting pressure with four guys the whole game because they were fucking putting Clowney on Andrews. And they have a lot of good pass rushers. That was the best pass rushing team in the playoffs, yeah. uh, the, the Texans. They had the best defense in the playoffs, you know, yards-wise and – um, Patriots is, pro- is the best scoring wise, but that was the best yards wise defense uh, for a reason, and they played up to it. I mean, they have a, they. You think about it. You add JJ Watt back to that team. That's a really good defense. I mean, would have been a lot tougher. I mean, if they could have moved JJ Watt or kept him on the outside and had Clowney at nose tackle and Merciless on the other side, that's a fucking really good uh, defensive line. And uh, they got good corners, good secondary, everything. It's just uh, you know. They were they were able to anytime you're able to create pressure with four or three, 
It's fucking going to be tough to pass. Fucking Clowney. I liked your tweet about Clowney. Is he playing for the Steelers, too? Yeah, week? stupid Volan. I, he's a fucking asshole. Did, did the... Yeah, it was... Did the fucking... Uh, he tweeted, did the Texans... Uh, open up a blueprint or something did to be exposed. Yes, exactly. Did they expose the weakness in the Patriots' uh, offense? I said, yeah, is Clowney playing for the Steelers? There's no other player like that. He's the fucking first overall pick. I knew about him since fucking eighth grade because of his the, his athleticism. Is not There's not one Jadavian Clowney left. It really is ridiculous. Like, everyone thinks, like, oh, getting to the quarterback <laughs> exactly. and causing turnovers is going to win you a football it's game? It's the blueprint. Wow, they figured out football. Holy <laughs> shit. The blueprint to beat the Fucking Patriots has idiots. always been be able to get pressure with four guys and drop eight. It's, it's a blueprint to beat any it, team it in the, the NFL. It is it's the blueprint to beat every football team. <laughs> Because if you can get pressure and drop eight, you're not going to be able to fucking throw underneath. Because that's the all we're doing. The Sachems did that this year. They <laughs> would have took. Damn it! Why are you going to be so rough on the Football Factory Saga Sachems? No shit! Unbelievable! It really is. He doesn't even get it. No, he doesn't. He you're not from L.A. What are you talking about? I I'm, I'm, I'm wish the Sachems got it done. You know, I'm, I say go Sachems to end up every podcast. That's a huge, huge supporter. You are a huge supporter of the Sachems. I respect it. No one's it. actually wishing the Sachems got th- it done like earnestly. I went to the guy. Damn Thanksgiving game this year. You guys didn't. Who'd you go with? Alone. I said. <laughs> <laughs> this is all fit. Tomahawk chopping. I put on uh, Tony's Letterman jacket. Went oh, down. That's sweet. <laughs> sat at the end zone. They probably would have loved it. That would earn you some I was g- giving high fives to people. I didn't Trying know. Trying to score off a sweet sophomore. Yeah. Selling hot dogs <laughs> in, the sh- in the shed. The, uh, I didn't actually go to the game. I should have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You should have. Is that a fat face jacket? How is that? I keep seeing that... Uh, Advertised on the highway. I don't know. I walked in. The girl um, British was she British. Shmo- and would you say she schmoozed you? No, I was looking for a vest. And uh, how much? A, how much a vest like that go for these days? Sixty bucks. Ooh. Vince's beard annoys me because that's what I go for. Like every time I shave, and I've never gotten it once. And he Why? doesn't even try. He pulls off the perfect. Look at this guy with his beard. Is fucking beard. Yeah, it's coming on. Uh, well, it's a playoff Vince beard like Tom Brady. He has more of a five o'clock shadow. He's just like you know, he's a well, I can do guy. That. You know, I can, I can do Thanks, that. Thanks, pal. Last time Vince came in here, his 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 beard was going against him. He was getting ingrown hairs. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. I can't do what you're doing. I get too many ingrowns. My, how do you get ingrown hairs? Sensitive skin. My chest hair connects to my beard. There's really no separation, so it's just a it's a nightmare. You're a hairy bastard. Yeah, I got seven chest hairs. I've been chasing that dream for a long time. <laughs> I want Can you tell me why you get uh why you get ingrown hairs again? Why? Yeah, you get ingrown hairs in your chin. I forget. He's a fag. I just wanted to play that anyway, because you got a soft baby skin. That's all their delicate flower. <laughs> exactly. It's like your snowflake. Um, yeah, so I was surprised to see uh, with, like the uh, Patriots offense, the uh, running game. They went with. Another heavy dosage of uh, Dion. Dion instead of Blount. Blount's carries have been dropping. I think it was a lot to do with Blount's uh, illness he had during the week. He missed two practices, Wednesday and Thursday, and like did the walked. Only did the walkthrough on Friday. I think he was just sick. That's what that's what uh, that's what my old man was saying. But I disagree. I I think they were expecting Blount to pound it down the middle. They game plan for it, and they threw he threw Lewis at him instead. Yeah, I, you never know what you're going to get with Belichick. That's why you can never draft a, a Patriots running back in the fa- in fantasy. Yeah, if uh, a guy if a guy dominated you before, then Belichick will probably switch it up and switch do it something up like, different. Like when Jonas Gray annihilated the Colts, he fucking didn't even play the next week because he was a fucking he was late to practice. Uh, 
on Monday or, or late to a meeting on Monday. He's a product 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 of the system. Now he's doing half ass stand up comedy. Yeah. Not on Jonas your, not on your level. Oh, yeah. would he get off my tariff? Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's got a How big about, show tomorrow. I wonder he has to be the only running back ever to rush for two hundred yards and then get cut the following week. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the only guy that was ever on Sports Illustrated and then probably didn't see a carry for the rest of the season. <laughs> or his life, actually. You know that thing fucking he must he, that that cover must be a fucking wallpaper in his house. There's literally no place you could look without him being on Sports Illustrated in his house. <laughs> There's no chance. It'd be hard to tra- track that cover down. Jerry Thorne probably has a, That's a good <laughs> cover. <laughs> hanging out. I feel like they were like, who is this guy? New legend, Jonas Gray. I remember the cover. We finally <laughs> have a running back. That's <laughs> yeah, what I mean. I'm so ready for him being a stud. And then, then he just couldn't, he couldn't even make it work on like Baltimore or fucking Miami. He was on like 40 teams. Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, everyone wanted him back, but I thought Lewis had a great game. If it wasn't for those two fucking fumbles, it's unbelievable. I Lewis fumbles a lot. Yeah, yeah. He was getting shit today. I was watching practice um, online, and then they had a Mike Reese tweeted that because uh, it was raining out today. It was like nice day for bro- ball security. Belichick's yelling at him, <laughs> Dion. Hey, nice day for ball security, Dion. Getting shit. Um, just giving him all the shit he can take. I love Belichick just giving shit to the players. Was Belichick wearing, like, cut-off sweatpants? You know he was. <laughs> Belichick's fucking cock balls just impre- <laughs> impressing everyone. It's unbelievable how, how high-thigh he's willing to go. <laughs> he really does. In January. Know. He fucking doesn't care. He wears bike uh, shorts and fucking... Speaking of that, my... <laughs> My dad was the uh, high school football coach of my team. Don't brag. He wore the uh, he always wore the the tight mesh shorts. Yeah. And uh, forever in the locker room, I had to hear uh, "Big Dick Don." That was his nickname. <laughs> I still get harassed. <laughs> Big Dick Don. <laughs> That's what I. <laughs> okay, I don't remember day. that. Oh, he was my coach too. Yeah. One of uh, my coaches. You know who I thought uh, doesn't get enough credit either um, is Edelman. Edelman had another 137 yard yeah. receptions, most most rece- yards, most yards of any wide receiver in the playoffs in Patriots uh, history. Yeah, yeah. And I would say he gets credit though. Most receptions well, I'd say last week, this playoffs, no he one's had, had over 130. And yeah, he had the most rece- He has the most receptions in Patriots history in the playoffs, and he's going to be. I think he needs like seven or eight catches, and he'll be second all time in playoff catches. Seven or eight catches le- what, left to do. It's been like eight straight weeks, and he's put up over like it seems he's like he puts up over hundred out. every week. Well, every, 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 every games every he's week. He's a he's a second or third option when Gronk's healthy, and then when Gronk gets hurt, he's the number one option. So it happens a lot. Yeah. So um, so he comes out there and he he's you know he's pretty much unstoppable if, as long as uh his ankles and knees are in order. You know uh he he's fucking too shifty for anybody. They hit a lot. In this game, they hit a lot of fucking prayers, too. It was yeah. so weird. I'm it was not pretending like this is like some dominant game. I mean, Brady threw like three or four fucking bombs that got caught. A lot of yeah. Flacco throws. Like. A lot of <laughs> Flacco throws. They were blitzing with a lot of man coverage, and it yeah. just seems like what you get. Wide receivers are scrambling around, and he was Brady was kind of making plays The one to Edelman was crazy. Dude, that was double coverage, and he dropped it like right into his chest behind. The corner wasn't looking. If the corner was looking, he, he would have picked it off. Uh, but was that the one down the was middle? That, was that the one where? Uh, yeah, he's touching him. He's like uh, Brady told him to go. He like uh, yeah, Brady. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, tu- he's like he's yeah, he's directing him down the field. He just launched it, it, it hit Edelman in the chest. Yeah, but still, they're coming in. They were coming in at the steep angle because he Brady was just throwing him like arcing him up there. It was weird seeing it because yeah. usually it's a. Uh, 
a high speed play, even when it's downfield. And these were kind of basket catches coming down. I saw they were like four of them. This one was really weird. Chris Hogan, when he was single covered, deep center field, he just fucking caught it like a punt returner. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. There was a couple of them. Uh, What is this? Yeah, Hogan had a bunch of, a few nice catches. this, uh, Hogan this had a, too. Yeah, Hogan played well. I mean, he's a one-trick pony for me. I mean, he kind of just runs deep. He's like the fucking got the kid when like you don't want to play with and Sandlot, and you just tell him to run deep every single time. <laughs> Good guy. Just go run a post. You know what a post is. Um, so that's been happening a lot with him. But I mean, I I, I don't see anything out of him. Like he's I kind of expected him to be a bigger Edelman coming in, but he's more like to me like a uh, Amendola. He, but he's not, not even. I feel like he's at like fourth, fifth option. Yeah, like I, I think once Malcolm Mitchell really gets into it here, like he's already kind of past Chris Hogan as ter- in terms of reliability Hogan's, and. I was actually, gonna say yeah, Hogan is he never seems to make a mistake. Knock on. I don't but think he, he makes mistakes, but I, I don't think he's. I don't know if he's t- like he's got he's like the, the athleticism of the offense. Yeah, nobody, but nobody thought the grinder. Would you nobody, nobody thought Hogan would come in and be like this. They're like, yeah, this guy we see him in Buffalo. We think he can fit in well here and do his job. Take yeah, direction. Yeah, a lot of money though. He gets four million dollars a year. It's not like he's playing for fucking peanuts either. If he was getting like league league minimum and from uh, you know, and and performing like he is, I'd be really impressed. Right now, I'm kind of like. Yeah, but he yeah. could go. He could go to a, another team and be like the second option. But yeah, I don't know if he could. Yeah, I I'm think never like excited about Hogan going into the game. Like, never. Oh, no, you, you know, never like, like this is the big Hogan game. Yeah, you're gonna see Hogan like, a lot. He's just there. He makes his th- catches. And I don't think he can beat a dominant corner. I yeah. think he's there to take like take the top off the defense. But what's his contract look like? Because it's like the, three I, years. 18 million or four years, 18 million or something, or yeah. 16 million. I could see another team money, being like, though. we want, we like, we think we can do more with this guy and make him a second option or something. No, I think he, he's going to play. Like, yeah, he's going to be like Amendola. Like, yeah, exactly. I think he's going to be restructuring his contract too in a couple of years because yeah. I think that Malcolm Mitchell is going to take over and I think that Michael Floyd is going to stay and probably take Hogan's spot, to be honest with you. Yeah. He'll be, they'll flip roles because, you know, Floyd will have a full off season to, to uh, be with the Patriots, take Hogan's role. Mitchell will be the other outside guy. Amendola will probably be gone. Uh, we'll see. I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready to get too overexcited about Mitchell yet. I've been let down before. <laughs> no, he's not fucking. I already know from watching him play and just him talk and how he carries himself to know that he's not Aaron Dobson or Chad Jackson or Josh Boyce. He'll, are, he'll be like a 65 receptions a year. Maybe break a thousand. Like maybe once in his career, but. Yeah, solid. Like just Boy, Brady can get a thousand out of a lot of people. You'd be surprised how many people get a thousand out of. He got a thousand out of like Rashad Caldwell and a thousand out of fucking. Uh, he got a thousand out of um, what's his name? Uh, fucking Crazy Town, Brandon Lloyd. Oh yeah, a thousand out of him. He gets a thousand. He can get a yeah. thousand. All right, all right, all right. But that 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 being said, it's gonna have to be with Edelman on the field, which is almost impossible because. If Edelman and Gronk are on the field, those are the guys that are getting the ball. Yeah. Um, so I, I was I was impressed with the defense. I was also impressed with the uh, special teams. The defense did have a couple issues in this game. Like we said, um, the Patriots were hitting a lot of bombs, but it could have gone either way early. That's why I think people are disappointed because the the Texans dropped two touchdowns. You remember they fucking dropped uh, Fedorowicz dropped one in the end zone. Um, Will Fuller dropped one in the end zone. Yeah. It's I was that surprised by that. Yeah. I thought 
that one dumped right in the yeah. bucket. I mean, there's 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 thing they were they left plays in the field, which is, I mean, that's why you lose in the playoffs. So it's I don't feel bad and I don't feel good about winning. I mean, I feel good about winning, and I still it's still an NFL playoff victory. But you have to look at those plays and say, fuck. I mean, Antonio Brown's gonna catch that. Yeah. Um. You know, they don't have a great tight end really. They got Ladarius Green and I could, this this uh, fucking Jesse James guy. I think they're gonna end up playing a lot of zone in this game just to keep uh like keep Le'Veon Bell in check. Yeah. He's a man, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bell slips out of the backfield and like High Tower Van Noy's covering him, and he makes a catch. And I think they're just gonna play zone, keep it in front of him, and and rush. Ben will make it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, they're a different team on the road, the Steelers. They've had a really good uh, offensive production at home, but on the road they've struggled mightily. I'll say they've had a um, you know they've had a week you know can't score touchdowns on the road. Uh, Big Ben's like pass rating way lower. His interceptions are way up on the road. Um, we know that the weather's not going to bother him, but it's not supposed to be too bad anyway. I think it's supposed to be low forties at at. At its high, so I, I can't even believe it's January right now. It's January, like, it's fucking AFC Championship time. I came baby. over here in a vest. It's it's like 40, 45 degrees outside. It's global warming. Tell that to your scientists. Fucking, I love it. <laughs> I like. I'd rather it be cold, fucking shoveling snow, Massachusetts style. I mm. like, I like my Patriots playoffs snowing or freezing. Those are some of the best times. Like last week was great. It was like fucking. 20 at kickoff time wasn't too bad but it was it was affecting the guys in the field i heard a certain member of your group wore snowboarding boots to the game <laughs> that, and you walked with them up the ramp i, did, I didn't <laughs> fucking even listen to him i would have been hammered i was in my uggs Who what could it? i do frankie, frankie wore snowboarding oh, boots to the game snowboarding boots because they keep his little beats i just imagine him walking up like yeah, he's in a ski lodge where you have to roll your dumb foot <laughs> yeah. and fucking uh, imagine if someone wore ski boots how good that would be just fucking <laughs> He already walked. Ooh, hold on, we got a call from a great friend. Ooh, is this going video right now? Jerry. Hey, what's happening, Anthony? What's in it? What's happening? Hey, this is Tony. I got a couple guys. Oh, I'm with sorry. Me. It says it's. Uh, you call me I'm calling you Tony, and then I see Anthony, and it just kind of threw me for a loop. No, don't worry about it. Uh, so I'm Tony. I got Vince here with me, and I got um, going, Jerry? local comedian Tyler Trainer. Um, Trying to make it to where you are, Jer. Oh, beautiful! Uh, local to where? He's like, we're we're in Saugus, so he does. Okay, there you uh, go. Where are you working? You you do giggles quite a bit, uh, don't you? Yeah, I've done it a couple times. A lot of. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm... Go ahead, Jerry. Oh, cool. Okay, I I more or less you know stick to South Shore, and I've I've done giggles, and it's uh, it's a great club, and I'm I'm got a thing with Johnny Peasy this weekend up in uh, up at the uh, the China Blossom. And so on. So, um, I think he's actually a Saugus guy himself, Johnny Peasy, isn't he? Oh yeah. When I think North Shore, I just think him because he he basically lives at at Giggles, and that's a that's a that's a great crew that Mike has in there. And um, so yeah, to, total total respect. Yeah, good. Um, so I wanted to get, I wanted to get him in. First of all, thanks for uh, coming on. I wouldn't uh, because I I don't know if you've been seeing my my crazy ex girlfriend tweets. I've been tweeting at you for like. Probably two months <laughs> trying to become your partner. Um, so no, no. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I certainly, certainly recognize you. I don't know that you've been reached the level of like, uh, you know, where it's weird or dangerous or stocky or anything <laughs> like that. So no, I, I believe me. I, I, I saw that you're looking for. Perfect. You know, I'm, 
flattered that you that you asked. Seriously, it's, I'm 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 excited. No, yeah, I got uh, I'm I only say because we're friends with uh, Carabas and he's been blowing me off, uh, pretty much incessantly for weeks at a time. He just you know he puts me off. He's some big star now. Supposed uh, to be a Saugus guy. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got Saugus blood and it runs through his veins, and he doesn't even support the crew. Um, hey, look, I, you know, I'm 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 Weymouth, so feel honored that I even no. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Weymouth, so talk slow is what I'm saying. No, don't don't, don't read anything into it. Jared's a, a great guy, and sometimes you just kind of don't have the time or whatever. And then I mean, like sometimes I I go through these things where I get I get people asking me to do a thing and I have to kind of run it by management to say, okay, you guys are keeping the lights on here. Is this okay? Or, you know what I mean? So I've, I've, I've turned down a few things cause I just want to make sure that I'm being deferential to, oh, yeah. to the bosses, you know what I mean? And Definitely so I'm not even out. saying he's doing that. It might just be that he's flat out. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm just playing. I'm just, I, I'm sure he's oh, busy. Cool. Uh, yeah. We love he's a baseball guy anyway. Um, now nah, he's a monster. Yeah, exactly. He's really, every, should, every time I put him on you TV, should, like, oh, he should be shunned by polite society. Now we, we, <laughs> we all love him. I was this. I've just said this. Uh, this is how I ruined my relationship with Troy Brown. Just try, I was. Uh, quick story is when I I met Troy Brown once at you know how they do that Boston Globe uh, or the Boston Garden does their um, like All Star Hall of Fame thing. <laughs> They were inducting Troy Brown. Oh, the uh, the 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 what do you call it? The uh, tradition yeah, or whatever exactly. they call tradition. it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had tickets to it, and this was back. I think they changed the rules because of me, because I was I was there at my company, <laughs> and back then they had the guys, the whoever was getting honored in the in their uh, presenter wandering around, and uh, Troy Brown was eating with his kids, and I have this thing. He was he was like my idol growing up, and uh, oh yeah, so I loved him. So I had my brother following me with a camera. I said, listen, this is happening. He already denied me once, and I was like, I'm not going to not get a picture with Troy Brown. <laughs> so I just hassled him. So I have a picture with him, and he's got chicken in his mouth. He couldn't be more mad at me. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they, sh they changed all the rules of tradition because of me. Uh, but I'm glad that we could at least get you on. Shit. Yeah. Well, you know, the original Carabas denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. So oh. – you know, it's you're you're in good company there. Well, like, I, I I I went to the tradition once because um, EEI sent me back when I was just I was writing up like a twice a month column for him for side money, and they sent me there to just kind of cover it. And that was uh, Ty Law got in, uh, and uh, uh, Irish Mickey Ward, right? And I sat behind Dickie Eklund, who if that doesn't <laughs> ring a bell with you, it probably does. I know the guy yeah. that um, Christian Bale won the Oscar for. Yep. Having been in that guy's presence, Bale should not have won the Oscar. He should have won the no fucking Nobel Prize for acting. <laughs> he was this guy. And, you know, Christian Bale is British and he absolutely became this this low life, you know, like junkie from Lowell. It was freaking amazing when I sat behind him and go, I, I seriously feel like it's. Like he's gonna start talking in a Batman voice next. <laughs> he was uh, I, the tradition's I, really cool, but you is. don't want to be stalking cats there. I can't help it. Um, if Tom Brady was there, there would have been like a, it would have been like a, what do you call those? Uh, an Amber Alert out for him probably. <laughs> like oh, Ford, oh yeah, a Ford Escape I, Amber I, Alert. Celtic Pride. Yeah. I, I I can tell you his uh, as far as me goes, his restraining his eyes still say yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm a little. I would be nervous to meet him. What's he like in person? Is he everything I want him to be? 
Never met him in person. Talked to him once on the phone when I was filling in with Dennis and Callahan. And um, it happened to be my birthday. And I'm going back to 2014. And so I'm sitting there going, look, I've said too many things about this guy uh, on Barstool. I've been so openly, publicly, you know, bro crushing this guy. I'm not going to be dishonest in the moment and i'm not gonna sit there and say so tom what do you feel about the team's prospects i I said i said something along the lines of hey tom uh you know this might be the understatement of the century but i'm a fan of your work and uh it happens to be my birthday when i'm talking to you i I, i'm not saying you need to acknowledge that i i I wouldn't object if you did but yeah we can move on you know and so it goes to john dennis and he goes Oh God, Tom, like Thornton's dying here. Can you just say happy birthday? And I somewhere deep on my phone, I've got an audio file of him going, Happy birthday, Jer. Happy <laughs> birthday. And I'm like, oh my God. It's a it was like a choir of angels singing. It was un unbelievable. But yeah, weirdly, I mean, he doesn't give access to a ton of people. So all the times I've met Belichick, I've yeah. never seen Brady face to face, you know, and I've met, you know, done stuff with Gronk and whatever it would be fucking amazing to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get after my producer for uh, putting that on my prep sheet. That uh, now I feel like a goose. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's like it's it's the it's the goal for all of us. All right. So I uh, I um I basically I'm not going to say I probably grew up with you because I was a big barstool guy since way back when. Um, so I was ecstatic when you, for you coming back. How's it like to be back over there now that it's a big. Uh, uh, mega phenomenon conglomerate yeah yeah t- t- two things on the, on the one hand god the, the welcome has been phenomenal and and when you are a barstool writer abuse is part of the equation you know <laughs> the same people that obsess over reading it every word that's on there are the ones that are going to tell you that that you suck and and he should fire you and you should die <laughs> and we all go through it you know and so you know i left with that being part of the equation and then coming back the welcome has just been like unsettling. It's been so yeah. positive. You know, I'm not saying it's been hundred percent. You're always going to get that, that odd, you know, Ravens fan or whatever, you suck or whatever, oh, but know. no, it's been, it's been great. It, you know, and, and to be part of this thing now, that's that huge. And, and to know that every word you're writing is going across the country. And, um, you know, I went down there last week you know and and it's the first time i've ever set foot in a barstool office i had a full-time day job when i was with them my first iteration so i had never seen even the place in milton which is probably 20 minutes from my house so just going down there and meeting all the guys and seeing the dynamic and the chaos and the and the 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 bedlam and and saying okay you know what i'm 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 part of this i kind of uh, i helped lay the foundation of this and that foundation now is in the basement of a Manhattan high rise, you know, crazy. And, I, I um, can't believe how big it's gotten. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Cause it's, you know, I think we've really tapped into a thing that, you know, people don't get in a lot of places, you know, as the world becomes more uptight and harder to just make people laugh because everyone's laying in wait for you to, you know, say you know, something that they find objectionable or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Barstool, I, I think, gives people the freedom. Have fun, wing it. Sacred cows make the best hamburger and all that other stuff. Not have to watch your language. 
and just, you know, be who you are. And, you know, the other dynamic is, you know, I started, I don't know how far back you actually go, but all my, the my way. first newspapers. Oh, in okay. South Boston. Oh, okay. There you go. Cause that's when I started in, they, they had three writers, Dave being one of them and Jamie Chisholm and Pete Manzo. And I just sort of stumbled upon this ad looking for writers and I sent the submission and he said, okay, you're in and didn't know what I was getting into. I just wanted an outlet to, you know, express myself in writing. Yeah. And, um, and I went from the point where I was surprised if anybody had heard of us. Find out from from Chis that people in the Red Sox front office. Sorry, Jerry, you cut out. Yeah, we're cutting second. out here a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Um, that people he, he told me the people in the Red Sox front office were reading us on a regular basis, oh, which was mind boggling, you know. And and then it got to the point where I was surprised hadn't heard of us and you know and that somewhere in there we turned into a daily blog and you know our, our target audience went from 30 year old guys working in a cubicle you know that are overworked and underpaid and underappreciated and they we the mission was just let's make these guys laugh all the time and that turned into a you know a thing where it became like colleges and then a while ago, you know, I've, I've written a book and I'm on a book tour and I'm up in yeah. Vermont and I'm signing books and I stayed with friends and friends and their son has a Saturdays for the boys flag in his bedroom. <laughs> He's 15. Wow. He's a 15 year old kid. Oh my God, I'm fighting for this kid. Yeah, you know? I know. So, but that, but that's a great, that's a great thing. It is. And I'm, I'm excited every day. It's just a matter of, you know, wanting to do more all the time and, and be part of the equation because we've gone so bloody multimedia that it's uh, it's an exciting. It, it is an awesome uh, it's an awesome outlet and something I really enjoyed for, you know, the last 16 years or 15 years anyway. And, um, and something about you I wanted I wanted to say was that I've always loved your writing and, and uh, you know, you on the radio because I've always had an issue with uh, basically I want to say local, but they're never local. Guys that come in and, and, and write for the Patriots or guys that uh, are on the radio for the Patriots. I'm, I don't like uh, a lot of X's and O's type talk most of the time. I like a, a little bullshit, a little fun to come with it. And I don't like yeah, uh, yeah. And I like a guy that lives and dies with the team. Someone that's excited the day after a win and that's fucking miserable the day after they <laughs> lose and barely wants to talk about it. But, you know, his head hurts from drinking too much and throwing a bottle off the wall. Uh, we haven't had that much lately, but that's the type of fan that I am, and that's the type of fan I like to listen to, and that's the that's why I, uh, you know, was it was like your writing was like a magnet to me and where I was just so excited to read it, and when you came back to Barstool, it was even better. I mean, so good. Not Minahan oh my God, picking that, Steelers that, this week. Yeah, no, really it, it, me th th thank you for, for getting it, and yeah. EEI's management, to their credit, you know, they, they, they went outside the norm, you know, they, yeah. they didn't, they didn't go by the, by the, by the book and they brought in a guy, you know, and they, they plunked me in with, you know, two guys who are totally professional and all they said is just be you, you know, be yourself. And, you know, sometimes there'd be coaching points like, you know, is it probably a better way to, you know, uh, express yourself, whatever, all, all of which was great. I, I love the coaching, but they never said you need to say things from this point of view. They would just, Think the way you think, be what you want to be. And, and that was great. And to me, like it, it was a chance for the guy in the car 
you know, that we always talked about because our, our windows overlook the mass pike. Was, yeah. uh, that guy out there, my happiest moments where I felt like I said something that if I'm that guy in the car, I'm going, thank God there's one of us that has yeah. a microphone, that one of us is saying that. And I only thought, express my own thoughts, but if it was shared by other people, that was great. And, I, you know, I'm talking as a guy who walked in, okay, every day. He's a broadcaster. He's a journalist. He played for the Red Sox. He played for the Patriots. I'm a guy with a laptop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those are my qualifications. <laughs> and they, they were great to me. And I, I absolutely could have made um, Bart still presented an opportunity. Oh no, we may have lost. Uh, I, think, I, don't know, you fun. You know, I think I think you guys can appreciate, you know, because you because you get it because you're part of that culture. Yeah, you you have a little bit of that uh, that Weymouth uh, mobile service. It's killing us right now, but it's not too bad. Uh, it's coming in and out a little <laughs> bit, but now we're back to uh, yeah. normal here. So I did want to talk a little bit about your book because I read it and I loved it. Um, you know, from darkness to dynasty. Uh, it's probably sure. honestly, uh, it's the best Patriots book I've ever read, and it's. One of my favorite books wow. I've ever read. I really love it. Um, it's you know I consider myself a diehard, but you know I my father's had season tickets since '91. I uh, took took him over in 2010, but I've been going to games my whole life. I you know I'm only I was I'm 31 now, so I've seen only a little bit of the bad days. But uh, I really loved um, a lot of the stories in here, and I won't get into too many of them. But uh, a couple sure. of my favorites were the. Uh, Things that I didn't know, like Patrick Sullivan being punched in the face by Matt Millen, uh, was a favorite <laughs> of mine. After a playoff win, the yeah, second exactly. playoff win in the team history. So, therefore, the greatest uh, well playoff win in the NFL era, anyway. And moment in team history to that point, and he's taunting the Raiders' <laughs> sidelines. And when Matt Millen clocked him with a clenched fist, every Patriots fan I know, including myself, said, I wish he had, like, hit him in the ear hole with his helmet. Like, just hit him. <laughs> that, that was a great because story. the general manager of the team, too. A fucking lunatic. So he was... Right about here is where we ran into some technical difficulties with Jerry's internet connection down in Weymouth. So hold tight, and I'll get you back in a second. Jerry's unavailable. Not what you want to see. This yeah, is our no big problem. shot, Jerry. We can't blow it. So, <laughs> okay. You know what? I don't think I don't think we're gonna cut out now. I I, I moved. That that that's my own fault. I should yeah, no I should have noted. So so I was thinking the other story I loved was the Michael Jackson story. Basically, how he saves the Patriots, taking the um. Chuck Sullivan and Pat Sullivan's money and, and basically ruining the when he didn't do it himself, but basically the Jackson five uh, ended up being a means to an end for where the Sullivans end up selling the stadium to uh, a cardboard box guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, again, with the Patriots, like they weren't just garden variety bad. It was always surreal. It was always like, is this really happening? And so, Michael Jackson, at the height of his powers, and I'm talking post-thriller, where he was probably the biggest pop star of the rock and roll era, is getting back together with his brothers. So it's like, you know, Jesus reuniting yeah. with the apostles and going on tour. <laughs> the reunion. And 
So, yeah. So Chuck Sullivan, who ran the business side of the operation, so, for instance, was CEO of the, the worst stadium of, of all time, gets it in his head that, hey, this, this can't lose money. This is going to be great. Well, he, one, didn't know Michael Jackson music at all. Two, had never promoted a concert tour. And three, wasn't deterred by the fact that when he walked in the room, Don King was involved. <laughs> yeah, Don King, a guy who has like made multi-million dollar deals with lots of of boxers that ended up broke. And Killed somehow, a couple guys. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> has been on trial, uh, got acquitted, and then took the entire jury to uh, Jamaica on his dime, which is like about as corrupt as it can get. Well, Chuck Sullivan gets involved in this, goes broke. It put up the stadium for collateral to get the contract, and the the, the stadium goes into a, an auction, and it's bought by the aforementioned obscure cardboard box manufacturer named Robert Kraft. And here's a couple of weird footnotes to history. One I uh, is that I put in the book is that they encouraged Michael to uh, be in this ad, and I say encouraged, really I should say forced. Yeah. They forced him to be in this commercial for Pepsi. Well, he doesn't drink it. You know, it's against his beliefs. He's a Jehovah's Witness. Well, we signed the contract. You got to go ahead and do it. We got to make money somehow. So in that, the pyrotechnics sparks uh, in in doing this dance routine burn him, scald his his head. He ends up with second and third degree burns, ends up on painkillers. Years later, (laughs) he dies of painkillers. Yeah. (laughs) So in a weird way, he bankrupted the Patriots, and then the Patriots went ahead and sort of, uh, in a roundabout way, killed him, as dreary as that is. And here's a weird thing I just found out, like, recently. When they filmed that commercial, that day was the exact halfway point of Michael Jackson's life. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, (laughs) everything relates to the Patriots, I guess, is is the point. I was going to say another. Everything was fine until he got involved (laughs) with the New England, formerly Boston Patriots. Exactly. Another group of Boston Sullivans giving people uh, handfuls of uh, Percocets and somebody's (laughs) life. It started a a time-honored tradition. Yes, it did. Uh, so I love I, I I mean I really I honestly say I, I read the whole book in about day and a half months ago you know I didn't expect to have you on the podcast but I, I um, you know I read up a little bit more today I was I mean it, it goes on and on from all the mistakes the Patriots made all the dumb moves I mean a couple of my favorites I just mentioned but I also love when you said that they almost drafted that dead guy <laughs> a hilarious yeah, yeah. thing to me yeah. uh, it just I can just remember watching my father scream at the radio. I was sitting at my brother's Little League game during a, uh, during a Patriots draft, and I remember him just screaming at the radio that they drafted Chris Canty. I just, <laughs> my father punching radios, not just pissed <laughs> off at who they're drafting. I mean, it just brings me back to being a kid again and remembering all the mistakes they made. Um, one story I had was, was when my father, my father and I and my, another guy, we were at the Snow Bowl, uh, the Adam Vinatieri game, obviously, and yeah, and uh, during the game after Brady's uh, tuck rule fumble, my father throws his beer on the ground, storms down the aisle, goes fucking same old Patriots. His half <laughs> halfway, <laughs> so it's just classic. It's it just reminds me of the way that my father would think, and and 
um, you know, how everybody was brought up to think about the Patriots for years because we've always been a Patriots family. Sounds like you've always been a Patriots guy. And oh, yeah. So it's just a, a, a great read for any Patriots fan. And, well, um, well, thank, thanks for saying it because it, it's a story I always wanted to read it told in like, you know, in one kind of, you know, complete way. And it never had been. And so when I started to write a book, I'm like, well, the rest of the universe is going to take their sweet time about this. Then I'll just do it. And I, I, I hope I did it justice from the point of view of a guy who lived not all of it, you know, but some of it. And I and every time I do a book signing, I meet some older guy who goes, I had season tickets the first year and this is how bad they were. And thank you for getting it. And, and, and you know, un- understanding what it was like in the weird, dysfunctional, dark times and how they, they went 11 years without a stadium. And when they finally opened one, it was basically a six point seven million dollar toilet seat. It was the worst, <laughs> worst facility in the world. And games there were just drunken debauchery. It was Lord of the Flies with goalposts at either ends. And yet <laughs> I weirdly like your dad, I guess. And, and like you too, I just weirdly fell in love with that team, the way a, a kid will fall in love with a stray dog that has, you know, three legs and two different colored <laughs> eyes and veins and, and whatever. And thank God it's paid off. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, know, you waited long enough. Now we're getting the rewards. Yeah. I, I've got a 21 year old who, sat next to me while they watched while they won three Super Bowls and the fourth one he was you know sleeping in a foxhole in a marine uniform which is my own thing my own cross to bear but by the time I was his age I had seen them play in three playoff games and lost them all yeah and Tom Brady alone just won his 23rd and there are people in the media that bitch and moan yes. and just bellyache about everything that they do and how wrong it is. Okay. Walk a mile in my moccasins. Okay. This is why <laughs> I am the way I am. This is why I, I will throw myself on a grenade lobbed at them by Roger Goodell. This is why I would take a bullet for Bill Belichick because they're giving us things that we could not have dreamed of my whole life growing up. So, yeah, I apologize for nothing. Yeah, what a perfect guy you are to have on this podcast <laughs> and writing for Barstool because it's just it, it, it's, it's the greatest thing to have a real fan that cares this much and is as passionate this much. Um, I will say it's kind of weird um, – Holly, your ex-partner there, and I'm sure you're a good friend. I read his book, Brady to uh, Belichick and Brady, right after yours, and it was like a, a crazy segue because your, your book ends the way it does, and his picks up right after. It's kind of funny how it does that, and I, I don't know if you've noticed that. but Yeah, I, and we didn't really plan it that way, and then we did a couple of book signings that the, the, um, the publishers, and we have different publishers, said, hey, this might be a good thing, and it's kind of fun. Like I'll talk and then you talk and they put, there's like one year overlap that 2000, uh, well, 2000, 2001 overlap is really it. And uh, it's great. And he's a phenomenal writer and someone I can, I can look up to and, ins- and aspire to be. I'm like a literary critic. I picked up on that. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I wanted to get you a quick, a quick uh, couple thoughts here on. Uh, so Roger Goodell, not coming to the game here. Uh, going to Atlanta back-to-back weeks. What an embarrassment for this league. It's driving me nuts. I've been thinking about it all day. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely taking the coward's way out. And you know what goes right up my butt sideways is these guys in the media, and I've read them on 98.5, he doesn't owe it to people. Patriots fans aren't entitled to that. You know, yes, we are. Yes, he's supposed to be the commissioner of all 32 teams. Look, he's not. Gonna, no one's asking him to go sit up in 301. <laughs> 
you know, and, and then sit there and have <laughs> exactly. like, you know, like, yeah, like beer cups thrown at him. Like he could come in in a limo and a back entrance and go up and be in the corporate box. I, we are entitled. We've been aggrieved. We've been done wrong. We deserve the justice that comes from booing this guy from <laughs> frustration. Like we've, we've been done so dirty. I think that's not an, too much to ask. And I, I, I know I differ from, from Portnoy who says, you know, I don't want them here because that, that's yeah. going to be his way of starting to like play nice or whatever. I, I, I get it, but I, we're owed at least that I, I want him, but in a perfect world, He'd be walking through the crowd naked with the shame bell going behind <laughs> Cersei Lannister and him. Yeah, exactly. Shame. And we'd all just be Shame. throwing poop at him and, and whatever. But failing that, I, I at least want to be able to 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 boo. But um it just goes to show what an absolute coward he is. And this is the guy who had Peter King back in 2011. I I I, I quoted on, on the stool the other day where he was tending bar when he was at college oh God, at, uh, Washington that. and Jefferson. Yeah. And a, and a, an African-American patron was being harassed by somebody and he said, Hey, knock it off. And the, the racist showed him his gun and he like faced down the bullets and just <laughs> took this guy, tossed him out on his ear. Cause that's Roger Goodell. Right. But he can't be bothered to go. To a yeah, football and, game. It was him and Martin Luther King. They were crossing <laughs> the bridge at Selma. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he announced that he wouldn't go yeah. the day after we paid tribute to Martin Luther King, who faced hostile crowds, you know, people yeah. that wanted to lynch him, but Goodell can't go with his security guards to a football game. Oh, what a fraud. He's nervous. Uh, uh, he, he does not want to get the Bronx tail moment at the Kowloon with a now you can't leave. Now you can't leave, right? Uh, every time I think we've reached the limit of how much we can hate the man, it just goes up. Well, it's going to be better. Hopefully when they when they hand that fifth Lombardi to Tom Braden, he just walks off the field not saying a word. That could be uh, worth it for me. Yeah, or, or bends Goodell over and just shoves it right up into his <laughs> intestine. Yeah. Um, so I, I read your story today. I mean, I, I thought that I feel a lot the same way you do about the Steelers. And, um, I think that they, they could be had, I had, I wanted to get a couple of, Shoot. uh, questions off of you. I was a little bit at the beginning of this year. And even after when Gronk got hurt, I, I expected Marty Bennett to really turn it up. I know he's been hurt and he got hurt again last week, but the Steelers haven't covered Rob Gronkowski in their lifetime. And I'm wondering, I'm hoping that they get Marty Bennett involved on that seam route. Um, they've kind of gone away from him, and it's kind of driving me uh, crazy in the stands. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. It's, sometimes it's, it's game plan specific. Uh, there was that game, and it might have been week four. No, uh, no, they lost week four. Week three when they beat the uh, the, the Texans and and uh, with you know uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett and. And he had like no catches and somebody asked him about it. He gave the perfect answer. And he said, you know what? I've had 90 catches in a season. Winning is a lot more fun. It was like, oh my God, I couldn't have written that (laughs) bet. What a Patriot answer. It's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I think we are later on going to really fully appreciate how much he has been nutting up 
to get out on the field. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. played through a lot of injuries and then he had this knee bent back like a, like a fully posable action figure, like a GI Joe. And I'm <laughs> like, I had an out of body experience when it happened. Like I was hovering above the sofa, looking down at myself and I was ready to just go towards the light and he missed one plane. He came back. I so I, I think it's a blend of things. I would not rule out him going in there and, just exploiting Lawrence Timmons, who's like at the age of 30 is really slowed down. And, you know, this, this is a, as I wrote today, like, you know, this defense on the year, they've been middle of the pack. I mean, you know, 10th in some categories, like 16th and others, like this is not the elite Steelers defense that, that we think it is. And it's, as you said today, it's a, it's a defense that doesn't game plan around, uh, the teams they're playing. I mean, they're going to be their zone blitz defense. Uh, yeah. Regardless. That, I mean, it's not going to change. That's it. That's it. They're going to, they're, they're going to do what, you know, they did under Dick LeBeau. I mean, they've tweaked it a, a little bit under Butler, but not major changes. And I'm, and I'm getting this from asking Belichick about it specifically earlier in the year when they played him. And um, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll drop six with three deep and then they'll do those fire zone blitzes and try to, you know, drop, linemen into coverage and hope that they fool people and it works a lot it's been successful dick lebeau's in the hall of fame for a reason but brady eats that crap up and he always has you know it's his yep. stat in, in his career even just against the mike tomlin teams are off the charts six games 19 touchdowns zero picks and so it, there's every reason to feel confident that the patriots are going to be able to put up points on these guys jerry uh you seem to hate the mainstream media similar to the way we do with just the way they handle yep. the Patriots. And uh, I noticed in your, like when your blogs, do you ever feel like when you, you criticize the Pats, it's kind of like criticizing your girlfriend. Like I'm allowed to call her like a bitch, but when someone else does, like, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's my girl. You don't have to say that about her. Like you don't want to be too harsh. Cause they covered 18, the spread this week. And you still heard it from ESPN and all the other ones about how bad they played. It's like, they still dominated that game. Yeah. Oh, a absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I try very, you know, much to be conscious of not being that guy. I don't want to be putty from Seinfeld. Oh, paint my face. <laughs> Got to support the team. Gotta you know, the team. And crap, crap like that. Because when they, when they do wrong, it like, it, you know, it, 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 it kills me, you know, it gets me to the core at the same time. I try to have some perspective. You know, when they when they have a historically big point spread and cover and the next day I'm, I'm tuning off my own show for a bit because they're on commercial break and I'm putting on Felger and Maz and Maserati is saying the following. They have one linebacker and it's <laughs> Hightower. Robert sucks. I, I, McClellan sucks. Van Noy sucks. Wait, 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 wait. Do they all suck? Because the they sucks. gave up the fewest yeah. points in the NFL. Like, is there a gap between a player and suck? How about their role players who know what their job is and they do their job and, and it's effective? Like, how about that? Exactly. But, but that's it. I get it. In the world of hot takes, Nobody you've got to go over the top and it makes me crazy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, if I criticize, it's because bothers me personally but i i get that we're in the middle of an unprecedented run of success so a little perspective is is not a bad thing yeah and i i, 
I got. I, I loved it. I liked your tweet uh, when you were going after Volan the other day because he's another one of these guys <laughs> that comes out of state and all of a sudden some expert on the Patriots. Like he knows what he's talking about. Uh, he's another guy. Him and Shaughnessy. They did. They conspired uh, the tomato can narrative and all that crap. Uh, where the I I think he said something the other day that you know the Patriots are exposed on offense because Jadavian Clowney went up the middle. Like Jadavian Clowney is going to play for every other team in the playoffs all of a sudden. Um, oh yeah, that was the they, best. That's the blueprint. Yeah, exactly. The, the blueprint. I've the, been hearing about the blueprint since Brady first took a snap. It was a, the, the the mighty blueprint has reared its ugly head again. Of <laughs> yeah. rush the passer and that and if you get to Brady, you win. Just like every football team from the history of time. <laughs> Uh, My favorite is, and this mostly comes from out of town people who hate Brady, but he hates to get hit. <laughs> that, that's everyone. That, we used to say that about Peyton Manning. But oh no, there are true. tons of quarterbacks who love it. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, I got hit. It's third and twenty-eight. Good thing. Bernard news. Pollard's uh, helmet felt great. Love that. <laughs> yeah, My knee exactly. feels great right now. Yeah, oh, there's there's nothing Aaron Rodgers loves more than like a third and long, like like of course because you've got the ball in your hands, you don't want to get hit because it's bad for the team. So I'm I'm with you. And on a on a weird personal note, I don't need to defend Ben Bolin, but you know the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I had beers with him. We were hung over the next day together at some media event. I I, I think he, he's absolutely trolling. Yeah, I don't I don't hate him that much but boy when you throw a comment at a guy like him god bless him all the stoolies the 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 monkeys come flying out of the castle and land on the scarecrow and just rip the 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 you know the stuffing right out of them and uh, whereas shaughnessy i have nothing good to say like he has nothing but contempt for all of us and he thinks he's smarter than us all and he, he can't even hide how much he wishes he didn't have to write for us. I bought Carabas put him in his place this summer. That was yeah. nice to see. Yeah, oh, it's, fantastic. it's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, and I've met some guys in the media that I've taken on a bunch of times, like Ron Borges. You know, this this old you know dinosaur. C, guy. I love him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and you know, you know what? He gets it. Like I was with him the day that the the Wells report came out. I was on TV with him on Comcast and we went at it. And then at five minutes later, we're in the friggin' green room and I, we're, we're talking about professional golf and shit. Like, so I, I like a guy who can dish it out and take it. Shaughnessy is the polar opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice now that cause the media for years dominated Boston, you know, sports player. I mean, all the way back to Ted Williams, it was always media driven. Now, uh, you know, there's forums for fans and, you know, like-minded media like yourself to actually go at these guys. So it's, it's a lot better. Uh, the, the way Twitter and everything else is set up, you don't have to listen to them. You can at least go back at them. Positively, you know, it, it, the, the Internet is the most de- democratic thing in the world. Because you can't just get on there and have a blog and write stupid, you know, uh, you know, points that you can't back up and, and, you know, racist crap or whatever and get anywhere. You, you have to be able to be quality. It's, it's a meritocracy. And what drives a guy like Shaughnessy crazy is he came up in an era where it was a handful of guys had all the power, had all the control. And he can't stand the fact that now a guy like I guess I'll say myself as much yeah. as I don't want to pump my own, you know, uh, tires here. Toot, but toot. a guy that can come from nowhere has access to an audience and the audience, you know, 
can can relate to what he's saying. And Shaughnessy grew up in a time where it was an upside down pyramid, where it was the you know it was the media on top and the coach of the Patriots on the bottom. And Belichick came and he flipped the whole thing upside down and told these guys they can go piss up a rope and they were going to do things his way. And it drives them insane. And one time I was, I was on the show with the guys and they were saying how they don't like Belichick press conferences and they think a lot of people, Patriots fans hate it. And I, I, I stopped them. I go, <laughs> are you kidding me? Again, referring to the guy in the car, I go, 99.9% of the people out there love it when There's he goes after better. the press. Yeah. I love yeah. watching him do it. I mean, I, I follow Albert Breer for the sheer uh, hatred he has for a Belichick press conference. I don't need – is he even allowed in his press conferences? I think Belichick banned him. I, 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 you know what? It's so good. I, I worked with him a couple times doing TV, and he's a good guy. But one time, Belichick, like, uh, you know, just completely shut him down. And I'm sitting on my couch – and I tweet out like I think Belichick just killed Albert Breer, and I didn't I didn't link Albert Breer. I just sort of mention it, and it gets back to him, and he starts coming at me. And again, the monkeys come flying yeah, out of the exactly. witch's castle, and they attacked him. And I'm going, dude. He goes, I'm just doing my job. I go, oh, so am I. I'm making fun of a funny situation. Yeah, he gets <laughs> annihilated by Belichick, and it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make him an evil guy, and it doesn't make Belichick evil. Listen, he you know, dismissed a question or two. I've asked him, but the difference between me and say Shaughnessy or whoever, Ben Volan, I'm sitting there ear to ear. I, I couldn't smile enough because I get it. I get what Belichick's doing. Like, hey, if my question isn't the greatest, most important thing you have in the world, if you want to dismiss it, fine. If, if it will help your team win, Go ahead, smack me in the face for all I care. Like, I'm a, I'm I would love that. I just go. I would ask the worst fanboy questions. <laughs> they would never let me back into that dumb press conference. <laughs> you know, it, it becomes a thing where, and the, and again, our our situation was four guys in a room yeah. asking them. And if you got like a positive response, like, yeah, well, that's a good point. Like, like yeah. I, I specifically remember one time mentioned. It seemed to me like you were moving. Uh, Devin McCourty down is more of a cornerback uh, a lot in this game, and and yeah, that's a good observation. We were doing that, and oh my god, it was like it was like I can coach ah! this team. Like the skies opened up, and like God came down and said, "You were correct, Jerry. Thank you." And like it's, it's great. It became like the challenge. I'm gonna ask him a great question today, and if he wasn't playing the game. No, listen, it's no skin off of me. I, I, I'll still take a bullet for the man. Me too. That, <laughs> that guy, I mean, everything he does is just gold. I, I actively root against the guys that he does not like. But I, I don't know. <laughs> he's like a gang leader. I, he might as well be. I just follow him to, to the grave. <laughs> and, and, with, and with good reason. And in the book, I outline the, the combination of terrible coaches they had. The guy who had a nervous breakdown. The guy who only had one play and it was the blitz and and lost the championship game 51 to 10. And then the guys who were really good, who quit on the team while they were making a run at the championship. Twice, uh, right? Twi twice. In the span of 18 years, two different coaches were quitting while they had built something great. And I've got a guy who's been around for now 17 full seasons with no end in sight. You're damn right. I am going to. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to like snap the bone and suck the marrow out of it. There's no yeah. way I'm going to fail to enjoy every minute of it. Exactly. So um, 
one last thing before we let you get back to your family here. I was, uh, I, you know, when I started uh, following you, you know, I, I love that you were a stand-up comedian because that's kind of like what me and my friends try to aspire to be. Is a lot of my friends, my brother included, are stand-up comics, and they, uh, I, I really liked your write-up on Patrice O'Neill, just on a, a personal note. Because oh, he, sure, yeah. He was like a hero of mine, so I, I didn't really realize that you had like basically come up with him or at least worked with him in the past. And it was a, a great story because he was one of my all-time heroes and favorite uh, comedians. So I just wanted to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah, God, I'm glad, I'm glad you remember that one because it was, it was a couple of years ago. And, you know, I, and I'm not being humble when I say, you know, I'm, I'm a good comic. I, I, I get the job done. I'm not going to be anybody who's going to do a comedy, you know, uh, central special or anything like that. So he came up well after me. And... A guy who, you know, when he was still fairly new, booked us together, and that was cool. And he he hops in my car, and I, I pick him up in Boston. We we drive up to Maine, and it, you know, already knew enough about this guy to say I should not be going on after him because <laughs> he's right because he's that good and it's a tough act to follow and super high energy and stuff like that. And um, sure enough, that was the order, and he goes up there and and he crushes because he's Patrice O'Neill, even this is pre going on, you know, opening Anthony and whatever. And, um, you know, the fact that I was able to go up after him and, and hold my own and do a good show is one of those things I'm, I'm most proud of. I, I mean, a thing I'm probably most proud of was having Stephen Wright cool. come to a show that I was at and do a, a, a surprise guest appearance and push through the crowd and come over to me. And I'm sitting with my then girlfriend, now wife of a long time. And he says, I just want to say, I, God, you're really good. You're really funny. You made me laugh. I'm like, oh God, th- my gosh, thanks. That's really great. And he walks away, and my wife goes, "Um, so who is that?" I go, "Um, let me see. How do I put this in terms?" I go, "Ted Williams just came over and said I really like the way you swing a bat. Like, <laughs> freaking genius." So yeah, O'Neill was uh, great and a, a hilarious guy. And it, uh, you know, it was, it was it was really sad. He, you know, and just another genius who who died way too young. Yeah, he was a. Uh, I had a pretty funny story. I went to the Opie and Anthony uh, traveling virus tour they had back at uh, Mansfield, like probably five, six years ago, and uh-huh. they were letting everybody sign autographs. And me and my brother were there. He was younger at the time, so we were all having them sign stuff. And there's this kid in front of me, probably about thirteen, with his older brother, and he had asked Louis C.K., who was with Patrice, to. He didn't have anything to sign, so he asked him to sign his uh, underwear strap, like his tidy whitey underwear strap. <laughs> And like the fruit of the loom waistband. Exactly. So Louis C.K. just grabs the marker, being a nice guy, goes to – this is obviously pre-artist uh, Louis C.K. before he's writing, <laughs> directing, and starring. He's This is just Louis C.K., the comic, and he leans over, and Patrice grabs his arm. The whole – the whole line just sits there and wonders what Patrice is going to do. And he just goes, are you shitting me? You're going to sign a 12-year-old white boy's underwear? <laughs> and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. And I, that actually stuck in Louis's mind because he had told that story afterwards. And it was I was there for it, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I would have been with Patrice there. You know, I mean, especially, you know, you're, you're talking to Sharpie. It's going to be there for forever. But, hey, you know, exactly. Louis, Louis, Louis C.K. is, you know, milling money. And, you know, I'll be I'll be working at the at some Chinese restaurant next weekend. Uh, hopefully get you up to Kowloon so we can come see you. Uh, hey, I would, I, would, I would love that, guys. I'd love love to connect. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, it's been a 
a thrill, honestly. I, I was really excited to have you on, and I'm, I'm really happy you did this. Yeah, that was awesome, Jerry. Thanks. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, hey guys. That, that, no, and, and thank you. Thanks for asking, first of all. Yeah. And, um, Whatever it's the it's the first time we've talked. If I have my way, it won't be the last. Yeah, same here. I mean, I get season tickets. We go to the game. We sometimes podcast from the from the tailgate. So I mean, we'd love to have you over there. We do, you know, get a little crazy, not too crazy. So. Like your colleagues at Barstool say, you're now a recurring guest yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, welcome I, to I the show. I could say that that if I if I'm a twelve year old boy then the tailgate scene is my Disneyland. Yes. Like it's, it's um, like, that is my happiest place on earth. Like wh wherever I go, it's always just, it's just food and booze and laughter. And like, like those, you, you guys are my people. So uh, yeah, it, make it happen, arrange it. I'd, I'd be only too thrilled to come down and be part of your scene. Sounds great. Jerry, I want to thank you. And uh, all right, all right. Your book, uh, From Darkness to Dynasty, is that, that available everywhere still, or is it still on back? It, order? It, I have it on it, Kindle. It, it, it's, that, that, thanks for getting that. Yeah, it was, it was out of print because they just didn't publish enough copies and, uh, on their second printing, and then they've gone to a third printing, and they're already doing the fourth. So it should be available on Amazon within days and, uh, and, and start hitting the bookstores again soon, which is, I guess, kind of a good problem to have, but yeah. I would have rather have had the problem of, wow, we can't like sell, a, you know, all these copies are being sold and people are like the registers are, are shutting down because people, so many people are buying them. But instead, like I just got all these people asking, how do I get it? How do I get it? And I, I didn't know how to tell them, but it's, it's coming once again and, and it will be available for the foreseeable future. Excellent. Hey, Jared, you got a, pr uh, a prediction for this week's ga this game this uh, weekend? Yeah, kind of along the lines of what I, I wrote on the stool, like just analyzing how Brady faces up against this defense. And respect to the to the Steelers' offense, I, I, I really do. I'm not discounting that. I just think the Pats are going to put up big points on them. It, you know, take care of the ball, and you don't have to worry about the rest. They will move the ball. They will they will they will score. Brady picks this stuff apart. So if if I had to pick a score, I. I 38 13 something like wow. that i i really think that you know maybe that. maybe more points for pittsburgh I, I'll, I'll say 38 20 but that's a uh that's a blowout by any standards yeah all right jerry well um hopefully we'll talk soon and and um you know maybe we'll be able to meet in person i'd i'd, I'd like that fellas thanks for having me and uh you know let's do this again and go pats go pats, go pats. Go pats. thanks Whoa, the great Jerry Thornton coming oh, coming through with a Malcolm Go podcast. Malcolm Go is hitting the fucking. Well, we're going to the fucking the moon, boys. Christmas in January again. I, fucking, I love I, I, it. I want to apologize to the Malcolm Goers because of the the phone trouble we had with the um the Weymouth uh, contingent down there. The Weymouth Sprint Service, or whatever he has, didn't didn't work. Um, but I was pretty pleased with the interview. What was that, 40, 40 minutes? He did like minutes? 40 minutes with it. I told him Jesus. 10 minutes. He does 40. What a he did his garage. I think a bird flew by. Gen generous guy. I know. I, it I seems just, like he could just talk about Pats for fucking yeah. hours. I, I don't think he cared who I was. I could have been the wall. He was yeah. just going to talk. So uh, it was you pretty funny. A, you got a couple of his references early, some scare references. I feel like he was testing the waters a little bit. When uh, you yeah. drilled him, he was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're, I think we're, me and him could be bros. I got a couple good pictures because I had uh, we had a can't we had to shut it off. So I could re reconnect with him, and he had uh, we did a video call by accident, 
but he was still holding the phone up to his ear. So I had the video <laughs> of his ear and glasses the whole time. It's literally the perfect, uh, the perfect Jerry Thornton thing to have is a picture of his his eyeglasses and his earlobe as he's just talking Patriots. Just an me. older guy adapting to technology. <laughs> exactly. I really wanted to ask him to come to our comedy show. Like, uh, I really wanted to, have, but I couldn't. I was like, I can't. I'm sure a guy from the South Shore is gonna drive up to Lynn on a <laughs> Thursday night. Hey, hey, whoa! whoa. Meanwhile, uh, there was only easy. meanwhile was there was only six shootings there this weekend. <laughs> Lynn is Moscow compared to I, from like the, the South thing. Shore. <laughs> Might as well be. He, he hasn't been north of the Tobin. In he lives close years. enough to Randolph. He gets it. He doesn't go to Kowloon or Giggles. He I said he's, a, he's like I pretty. He's like I pretty much just stick to the <laughs> South Shore. When I advertise right. the show, I tell everyone, "Eh, it's in Saugus. Technically, Lynn, but it's." It's August. <laughs> Technically Lynn, but disgusting. <laughs> um, so I loved what he said. I couldn't believe he goes 38-13 for the score. That yeah. seemed high to me. I mean, I like the Patriots to win, but I don't know if they're going to beat them by that much. I was thinking in uh, I was thinking 30. I was thinking 38 as well, but I was thinking 38 like 24. Think what do you think the key to the game is? I mean, I obviously I think it's shutting down Le'Veon yeah, Bell, man. but if you don't shut down if you stack the box with Le'Veon uh, and stop Le'Veon Bell, you got fucking Antonio Brown problems. I'm not sure it is stopping Le'Veon Bell. The Chiefs didn't stop him. He had 100 yards before halftime, and they didn't get in the end zone. That's true. So but they, had, they I, have elite secondary. The Patriots have a good secondary. Chiefs have what – I mean, Chiefs a pretty elite secondary. Yeah, they have a Peter. very average D-line, though. They're all rookies. I mean, they're yeah. a th- and they're on their third string in two positions. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think Roethlisberger is, is, is struggling on the road, so we could see anything. I mean, my, like, like Jerry said, I was going to steal his uh, analysis and, 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 say, and say it anyway because they do the same zone blitz scheme that, that rushes five and drops, you know, D linemen. So Brady knows it. He's seen it a million times every single time he's played the Steelers, and he usually doesn't have much issue with it. So um, the Patriots going to take away the number one option. It's just... The only thing is uh, our defense versus their offense. I think that our offense is going to be able to – it will be fine. I think uh, the Pats are going to look to take away Antonio Brown's, like, big catch, big playability. That's kind just of – keep him thing. underneath. Yeah, just make sure he doesn't explode for some, you know, like – A bomb. Like, like he did against Miami where he exactly. goes off for, like, 200 yards in a minute. Yeah, he had, like, four catches for, like, 160, and he had three touchdowns out of, like, four of those catches. Like, they, right. you can't they can have can that. kick as many field goals as they want. If yeah, that's what it comes down to, we're going to win. Yeah, so I mean, I, I had a good feeling about this game. I I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna come in and um, you know, especially because of the the week they had last week. I think Belichick's coaching them hard this week. I know they were in pads today, fucking banging. So yeah, um, well, it's like Jerry said that it gave Bill ammunition all week to just hammer him because it wasn't a perfect game. It's a perfect win for the so fucking Belichick. I'm going a little bit tighter. I think that uh, Foxborough is going to be loud. Patriots are going to dominate bo- the line of scrimmage on both sides and win twenty eight seventeen. All right, what do you get, Vince? Um, twenty-one seventeen. Twenty-one seventeen. Little tighter. Oh, tight. Oh wow. All right. Nice. I like it. What do you got? I said thirty-eight twenty-four. Did you thirty-eight twenty-four? So, I I am pumped. Uh, you know, I think we'll we're gonna do a podcast next week, uh, win or lose. Hopefully, it's not our last um, until you know free agency starts. But uh, that's my plan now is kind of shut it down uh, after the season and and wait till you know important dates like free agency, the draft, and training camp starts, and we'll do a little bit then. But right now, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to focus on the AFC Championship and hopefully get a big fucking W and head on down to Houston. And, um, you know, we got some friends down in Houston. Hopefully I can stay in their house if I get tickets. Yeah, Big Daddy Deach. 
Yeah, Big Daddy Deech, Big Dick Dawn. Oh, you'll be there. Uh, you'll be there. But yeah, I got a I got a quick thing. Um, sure, Tyler. What is it? Tomorrow, that's Thursday. But, but if you push him, Jerry, if you ride him. I just wanted to play it. <laughs> Thursday, I didn't get, a, I didn't get enough. January 19th, which is tomorrow. Uh, we got a, me and uh, Dom Conti, aforementioned. Ever uh, heard of him? Are uh, doing a show at the Walnut Street Cafe. So if you want to come out, a uh, comedy show. We got some great comics on it. It should be awesome. Good Excellent. We'll be there. I know I'll be there. Vince, uh, Vince you got anything to plug? Uh, Second semester, UMass Boston. Almost done. But, uh, I'm just focused on this weekend, and uh, I'll be at the comedy show too. All right. And uh, awesome. anybody that's a Patriots fan, especially, and anybody that's a football fan that hates or that loves uh, misery, I would really recommend. And this is not because he was on my podcast, but it is because he was on my podcast, and I love him. And uh, it's fucking fantastic. And it's a fucking great book. Go I'm get Jerry. Room. Get Jerry Thornton's book from uh, Darkness to Dynasty. It's the first forty years of the Patriots. So. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's written with a comedic touch that's uh, unrivaled. He's a very funny writer. If you guys listen to Barstool or watch Barstool, so you guys will really like it. And um, again, just keep sending those questions and, and interact with at Malcolm Go Pod uh, on Twitter or at Brady Disciple on Twitter and get it at me on email, Malcolm Go Podcast at gmail dot com. And um, hopefully, we the Pats take it home this week, and we'll come see you next week. Go Pats! Do your job! Alright, don't try to make too much out of it. Just do your job! 47 8 months ago, right? All for this moment. It's about order. It's about respect. We win this game. You're honored. Your team's are honored. Your family's honored. Stack receivers to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. Intercepted to Matt Butler. Butler has it. Back to throw, and here's the pledge by Mike Brady. The back is You're the greatest quarterback in the world, man. Hey, I love you, man.